Hi, I'm Stage and Stages Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey fam, welcome back to the Hamilcast. It is me, Jillian. Do you guys want to guess who's here with me today? Finally. <gasps> Who? Donna Weber. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Becky, and also look at that man. <laughs> he is sitting over there with nah, I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> this has been like almost a year in the making, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so much in the making where I where you would see me, we would see each other and cross paths. You give amazing hugs, by the way. Oh, thank you. And then you'd be like, when can I come over? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, you tell me. Let's do this. And then I finally yeah. messaged you. I was like, Lin-Manuel Miranda was here. <laughs> we got to do this. Yeah. And I was when I, when Lin was here, when I heard that Lin had come, I thought to myself, I was like, wait a minute. He's the busiest man on the planet right now. Um, so and I know I'm pretty busy, but no one is as busy as Lin. Accurate. And if Lin can make it happen then I can make it happen. And that's what I meant by that. I wanted and, to make sure I was here. And every time I would see you, like Q or Anthony Medina or Nick Walker when he was still in New York would be like, what is happening? <laughs> um, so in case you don't know, which I mean, you probably do. Donald Weber, you are in Hamilton on Broadway. You play Hamilton. Yes. You play Lafayette Jefferson. Yes. You play John Lawrence. Yes. I've seen you as all of those. Yes. You also play Man... Five. Five. James Reynolds... Philip Schuyler, the man is loaded, (laughs) and the doctor. (laughs) So you do a lot of things. Yeah, I do a lot of things. At the Hamilton. It's crazy because I um, have played the guy who um, falls in love with Eliza, Mm -hmm. the guy who is um, (laughs) born from Eliza, Mm -hmm. and the guy who um, also like messes up Eliza's um, whole relationship Mm -hmm. with Hamilton. Um, James Reynolds and, and then her a, dad and her dad <laughs> and her what is dad. that like mentally <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah it's, we, you know. yeah it's wild it's crazy thinking about it um, so before we get into how amazing you are and how excited I am that you're here and that I'm super star- starstruck about it uh, <laughs> there's a cocktail here okay so I told you what was in it. It's a, you know, a, it's a peach schnapps kind of triple secchi, prosecco-y thing. Mm-hmm. It is um, the sparkling Clausé. Oh, Clausé. We oh. need to get in before anything else. Well, cheers. Raise a glass. You sure, cheers. Thank you again so much. You sure know the way into a man five's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Clausé. Back in episode, I want to say like 61-ish. Wow. Someone, some mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. lowlife mm-hmm. known as Nick Walker. Yep. If that is his real name, I'm mm-hmm. still not entirely sure. These are good questions. <laughs> These are good questions. <laughs> you guys are in love. Um, <laughs> he he called you a lot of things. He mm-hmm. called you a menace. Mm. He said you're a trickster and a fiend. Mm. And he really had a lot of bad things to say about Klaus A. Mm. But even then, he was like, you have to have Donald Weber on. And just mm-hmm. please, to the people, please explain Klaus A. Because you're wearing a sweatshirt that mm-hmm. says Klaus A's name on it. Mm-hmm. I am indeed. So I appreciate that you mm-hmm. came in on brand. You know, I just want to clear some things up. <laughs> First of all, Nikki Bursar is way too long of a hashtag for anyone. Oh. Uh, oh. So, Nick, if you're listening, let's let's clean that up, buddy. 
All right. Oh my uh, let's God. see what else we got here. Uh, menace. No, no, no. He's wrong there. You know, the thing about Nick Walker, <laughs> and I'm sure many of our friends and, and many of your guests on the Hamilcast can attest to this. Mm. Uh, Nick Walker is truly, truly the menace. And I don't mean like menace, like, you know, like, oh, trickster. Oh, how funny. I mean menace in the way that the Joker is the menace in The Dark Knight. You know he thinks that's a compliment because he loves The Dark Knight. His drink was called The Dark Knight Rises Up. This is the only compliment I'm giving Nick Walker tonight. <laughs> I hope you understand that I know this. Right. Okay. Yes, we have to stay with the right. You two, quote, hate each other. Sure. Well, he says that. He says that. I don't hate him. Why would I hate him? No. I love he, him. No, he says that he hates. The more he says he hates you, the more you know he loves you. That's what that's Nick Walker's whole thing. Uh, if there are any wrestling fans out there <laughs> listening to this podcast, um, I want you guys to know my relationship with Nick Walker. Nick Walker and I are like Bailey and Sasha. You know, I'm more Bailey, right? I'm the hugger. I'm the one. I'm the lover. I'm the one. You know, oh, let's all be friends. Let's all, you know, let's celebrate over rainbows and you know puppies and and puppies yeah. and oh my God, is that a unicorn? And Nick Walker is more like Sasha, where you know. <sighs> Yeah, Bailey, that's a unicorn, but it's not really a unicorn. It's a mm. horse with, uh, you know, somebody put a thing on the head. Yeah, and you're just like, come on, Nick. Like, <laughs> let me live, will you? <laughs> let us live, Nick. Nick, we love you both so much. So much, Nick. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I wish you, you were home. <laughs> we wish you were home so bad. Oh, I can't believe you're gone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I yeah, I, I'm gonna try to do what I can to see him mm-hmm. on that tour that he's doing with it yeah. so what would you say what why is it too long of a hashtag is that you just like doing your version of of being a stickler like it's not that long of a hashtag nikki bursar mm-hmm. spell it n-i-k-k-y-b-u-r-r-s-i-r exactly spell um web.ham w-e-b-b-d-o-t-h-a-m bam were you counting was, the difference? Was I was. No, no, no. I'm just counting the time between, you know, you taking. We don't know. Like, is it Nikki Burser because it's two K's just because like Nick only has one K in his name. He's lying if it's two K's. No, but it makes sense to me that it would be two K's because isn't that what you do? Like, just grammatically. <laughs> Are we talking about the <laughs> rules of the English language? Took you We're a talking year about to get rules here. Of, of hashtag <laughs> rules. These are the hashtag rules. Oh it's my a God. rule book that's sent out to all of us when we join Instagram and uh, read the fine <laughs> There's print. There's a PDF. There's a involved. PDF. <laughs> yeah. All right, but we were talking about Klaus A. Yes. We need to Klaus tell a. the Michael people. Jeeves. Yeah, say it again. Klaus A. Michael Jeeves. Please get into this. There was that one yeah. picture on Instagram. I will reshare, but <laughs> it is. He's the best tablecloth puller in the land. Is that yeah, it? In all of America. And. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny. When I joined the show, um, I was really excited, obviously, because I was just so excited to be in the show. Yeah. And I realized when I got here that um, they had forgotten to give, uh, they they forgot to tell me the names of my characters that I was playing. And um, I was hired to play Man 5. Mm-hmm. And so Man 5, I figured, well, he can't, His that can't be his name, can it? And so, you know, I would ask around, hey, do you guys know the name of this this guy, this character? I mean, there's James Reynolds, there's um, Philip Schuyler, there's the doctor. I was like, but I don't play any of those guys when I'm in the room where it happens. What's his name? Did you have like one of those existential yeah. moments where oh, you're like, definitely. who am I? Definitely. I was like, Mulan. 
you know, when will I was my reflection will show? I from Rent. <laughs> or, <laughs> right. Or Ben Stiller and Zoolander. Yeah. You know? Just any number. Who am I? That was exactly what was going through my mind. Are you going to so, be a merman? Yes. Well, I could have been. <laughs> but it turns out merman didn't really like come onto the mm. land back in this time. Sure. Um, so, and you, so you understand. Anyway, <laughs> the room where it happens is, is you know, happening. And, and there's so much happening. And there's this guy randomly who comes up and, you know, pulls the tablecloth, you know, in this room where, where everyone things wants to happening. be, apparently, where things are happening. Is it the bird jump when, is that the, the big tablecloth? Yes, yes, yes. In the, okay. sh- in the show, it's, it's um, choreographed to, you know, where the, where the person playing bird jumps up and mm-hmm. the table is, you know, the tablecloth is like whished away. Right, perfectly. It was, you know, and it's always done perfectly because um, Klaus say would not have done anything not perfect. Sure. Uh, so just to give you a little backstory on Klaus Say, for mm-hmm. those of us who uh, don't know or are learning a little bit of history for the first time uh, while listening to this podcast, Klaus Say Michael Jeeves uh, was America's favorite tablecloth pullman. Really? He was. And, not in uh, the history books. See, well, this that, is why. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's what that's that's the joy of Hamilton, mm. right? You know, you get in there and you think, oh, I'm just playing, uh, you know, the guy who's gonna, you know, who was choreographed to pull a tablecloth. Not so fast, folks. Turns out this guy actually existed. <gasps> His name was Klaus A. Michael Jeeves. He didn't actually exist. Oh, yeah, no, I think they get it. But anyway, Klaus A. Michael Jeeves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he would go around and he'd, he'd pull tablecloths sure. all over the place, right? And uh, anyway, he developed a, a rivalry uh, with someone, uh, and his name was, I believe, his name was Gordon Levi Dubilly. Mm. Gordon Levi Dubilly uh, <laughs> is portrayed in in the show Hamilton the Musical by uh, Man Six. Oh. Oh, the ninja, the shadow track. The shadow track. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I joined the company, that track was played by Nick Walker. Right. And uh, anyway, the uh, history, as history would have it, mm. Gordon Levi Dubilly would become <laughs> so jealous of Klaus A. Michael Jeeves. Oh, rivalry is forming. You know, uh, so much so that um, Gordon Levi Dubilly decided to <laughs> leave the country and go to Britain which turned out to not be the best. Oh, he defected? He was he an defected. American... He, yeah, oh, yeah. no. Um, and which is why it was so gracefully played by Nick Walker. Right. Um, as a traitor. As a traitor, mm. someone who uh, defects. Mm. Um, anyway, raise a glass. <laughs> Class A, Michael G. Class A. And you're wearing a sweatshirt that is not... That I feel like is a custom made because it's like Hamilton's and Lawrence and Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Williams and Class A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frederick Smoove Williams is another person that um, he comes out during um, the Schuyler sisters. He's also known as the fancy gentleman. Is he the one with the, the with the glasses? He doesn't the have book? glasses, but he has it's a, you know he has a hat and he's got a handkerchief and a cane. Oh, in, oh yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's uh, Frederick Smoove Williams. Uh, <laughs> you know they had they were really clever with their names back then. Of back course, the they really. Um, but yeah, this sweatshirt. Pioneers. My wife actually made this sweatshirt. And Klaus Say is the biggest name mm-hmm. on the bottom. I right. love it. What's funny is people are often asking, can I get a, a sweatshirt? Yeah. Um, and the answer as of right now is maybe. Um, I know that I posted one day, I was like, what size do you need in this sweatshirt <laughs> on my Instagram? And it blew up. I mean, like, it was ridiculous. Oh, I'd buy it. Hundreds of people were like, oh, I'll take a medium, yeah. large, what's the size? <laughs> how much? As if you- <laughs> Again, you guys, not how the internet works. It's yeah. just... Oh, I'll take a large. 
Oh, great. It's on its way. Thanks for... Yeah, just like through the ether, like Harry Potter, just like it's just apparating to your... Like, no, there needs to be a payment system and yeah. addresses involved. And Yeah, but no, Nick Walker is, is a really good guy and um, he's a really good friend. And so we joke a lot. Um, you know, we we obviously don't, don't take the... Um, you know, talking about each other seriously like that. You know, he's actually a really good friend. We we go way back into the Motown days. We were both in Motown on Broadway. Oh, yeah. The first time Motown was on Broadway. And yeah, so, you know, we've developed a friendship where it's, you know, sometimes he's the Joker, sometimes I'm the Joker. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if either one of us has been Batman yet, but we'll see how that works out. We're going to get back to Motown. Okay. But I just have to say... I have seen you in so many of those roles. Yes. You blew my mind. If you guys have listened to the ALC episodes, Annalie Craig, A2, Sound Team of Hamilton. Um, I It was such a crazy mind F because I was so excited to see you as Hamilton, but I was also like in her cool spaceship booth. So I was like, <laughs> mm, how do I? Oh my God, there's so many moments and I don't want to miss them and things that I moments that I loved personally and just yeah. want to like see what you would do with them. And yeah. it was just, it was crazy, but, um, oh, thank I, you. of course, uh, thank you. And I also saw you the first day you were Lafayette Jefferson, <laughs> which was insane because speaking of Nick Walker, watching Nick Walker, watch you during the cabinet battles yep. was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen because he was, I believe man six in that mm -hmm. performance. Yep. And so he was sitting on the stairs up to the walk around and he was reacting. <laughs> we were having the same reactions, but he was literally like, it wasn't Man 6. It was like actually Nick Walker watching yes. his friend mm -hmm. Donald Weber just m morph into <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. You were the worst in the best way. <laughs> like if I were Ham, I'd be like, who is... I hate Thomas Jefferson yes. so much. Mm -hmm. And I say that with all the love in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, Anthony Lee Medina came on the show <laughs> very soon after seeing you and said that in rehearsal, you were very Paula Dane. Mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. <laughs> why are you getting quiet no 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 i love this Go i on. feel like what you did your first night as lafayette jefferson maybe you had to be pulled back moving forward well no we okay so hamilton is an amazing show because and it's run by amazing people who really uh you know, you're not in Hamilton unless you're supposed to be in Hamilton. Sure. In other words, you have the goods to do every part, right? That's why, you know, you have people like Elizabeth Judd, who is now a standby for all the Schuyler sisters. And every time you go, if you see her in one of the tracks, you're like, oh, she could do that full time. She's amazing. Or Javon, who also covers Lafayette Jefferson and Philip and, you know, Hamilton. You watch him in the role. You're like, oh, he should be the guy. Mm -hmm. Um and Nick Walker when he did Burr, Washington, and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, we all are, we all take our jobs really seriously. Uh, but they also are so good at allowing you to be yourself, right? And, and, and also they're able, they're really great with pulling out what you bring to the table, right? Um, you know, there's a really goofy side to me that <laughs> it's, it, you know, if you don't know me, you might not know it exists. Might. I don't know. I don't know how it is. Well, we all follow you on Instagram. Okay, so you know that. We have a, a bit yeah. of an idea. Right. So there, so there's an idea like, oh, yeah, so Donald can be goofy and, you know, but like there's a level of goofiness that the role Thomas Jefferson 
can it, it allows itself to i'll put it like that um but then as long as it's met with a seriousness about the time because at the time you know Thomas Jefferson, any none of these guys were like just kind of just bouncing around and saying things just to say them, right? They were all like, this this is how I feel about this and this is how I really feel about it. Whatever I'm saying at this moment is exactly what I mean. And I can say it like this, I could say it like this, and whichever way that you feel if you're playing Thomas Jefferson, especially in the cabinet battles, which is so fun to me, um, <laughs> if you're playing... Um, you know, oh, I'm so good at this, or I'm, you know, I'm stuck up, or I, you know, you don't know anything, you're a child, whatever it is you're playing, right? You can play that to Hamilton, and they have to respond in real time. Right. So I had a really good time, you know, playing this role, and I think my first time on as Jefferson was with um, Javon as Hamilton, I think, because I want to say Javi might have been gone at the time. No, he was there. He was my first one. That's so interesting because the memory is so crazy. It's been so long. Anyway, so it it really didn't matter because I knew that whatever I was going to do that night was going to affect Hamilton in a way that he has never been affected. And that's the whole point of the show. This guy comes in from France who, you know, who they've talked about, whatever, whatever. And he comes in. He's a whole new character. Oh, we haven't seen him anywhere in Act One. This guy just like to America at this time, this guy, Thomas Jefferson, a guy who acts like him, who, you know, who thinks like this guy, um, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They they hadn't heard these words together, you know? So that's what I was allowed to, you know, kind of do and show who is this guy who, you know, and so I decided, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can play it, right? Sure. And I have so, so much fun in the show because, um, like I said, they really allow you to bring out yourself, but, I had so much fun in this part in particular because I really wanted people to go, wait a minute. What? What is he doing? Oh, my God. Is this guy like, you know, and and make their own assumptions about who this guy is. And then all of a sudden he says, you're nothing without Washington behind you. Hamilton. Daddy's calling. And then. Boom. Somebody give me some dirt on this vacuous mask so we can at last unmask him. Yeah. What? You know what I mean? Uh, I still can't believe that Jefferson's not the dude who killed him. Can I, Neither can I. I can't believe it. Like, well, you know, give me the... He g- might have if, if time had come. Absolutely. Yeah, give, maybe given the opportunity. Well, and isn't that great about the show, right? There's so many things that had to happen for things to happen the way they did. Totally. Right? If Philip had never passed away, uh, Hamilton's son had never passed away, maybe they never move uptown, maybe Hamilton never stays out of the scene. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was just enough time to where, you know, well, it's quiet uptown, I'm gonna be up here. Um, You know, obviously the scandal had already happened and never gonna be president. But maybe it was just enough, like just the right timing to, you know, when Thomas Jefferson and, Aaron Burr were able to have this run and this big thing and you know like it's everything just had to happen right in order for us to be can you imagine like there's so many what ifs right I think about this all the time what if that scandal of Hamilton never came out yeah and that's and that's life right yeah absolutely and that I mean you know so to go back to Jefferson right and whether or not that first performance is still what it is now it it is um I think the the things that I was able to push in that first performance, I, I kind of knew I could push because this was now my uh, fourth track that I was doing. Right. 
And so I knew if I could push the envelope just a bit on my first one, I could get the right notes that would say, okay, great. This is spot on. This might be too far if you're setting this up. Mm -hmm. It's not too far if at the, like that moment where he says, Washington, you know, if you can get, if you can be as truthful as possible in every moment is what, you know, that's the goal, right? Whether or not, you know, it's this guy who kind of comes from maybe outer space or whatever, you know, (laughs) whether or not it's that or this real down to earth character the entire time, it's this person who actually has something to say. Yeah. And so as long as that's the case, it's funny because my castmates and, you know, we all look at each other, we all know each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) Paula Dean is a funny (laughs) thing to say, but I mean, yeah, I remember the first time in my, in my first rehearsal, I had this whole idea. I was like, all right, Jefferson is definitely like, he, you know, he walks with his shoulders back and his chest out. And um, yeah, I mean, he looks like this guy who's going to sound however he wants to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I do remember a rehearsal, like trying this out, trying out, you know, and that's the greatest thing about the rehearsal process. You can try out a million things. Mm-hmm. And um, for me as an actor, some of the things that I enjoy or I enjoy experiencing from the audience side of things or just things that would make me melt if I were sitting in the front row. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, there is this huge light. This is in regards to Jefferson. Oh my God, look at this huge light. Where is he from? Oh, I want to know more about him. Oh, I want to, you know, and Jefferson really sets himself up. I mean, the show is set up to where Jefferson steals the show and he's well aware of it. Right. Well, I I think, and you guys, listeners, I know, I'm sorry, I keep repeating myself, but (laughs) what did I miss is the best second act opener. It's great. Ever. You do not want to miss, you don't want to miss a second of the show, but you really don't want, because it sets the tone. It's so great. And here's, here's like a little quick thing that I just thought of as you were saying that. Yeah. The differences between Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. Alexander Hamilton, the first time we see him, He comes out onto a stage. He doesn't ask for applause. He doesn't ask for anything, right? He literally just says his name. Mm -hmm. He was, the question was asked, what's your name? Alexander Hamilton. A lot of times at night it's met with applause because I mean, you know, for a myriad of reasons, right? A lot of people are excited to, you know, know, like they talked about this guy who's done all this stuff already. He's already like survived this much stuff in his life. And then here he is. And people go, yay. Or some people are just happy to be there. Oh, we made it. Alexander, this is it. Like, oh, my God, it's happening. You know, but Alexander, he never stands there and asks for applause. And that the first time we meet him. Right. Fast forward to the beginning of Act Two. You simply must meet Thomas. Thomas. Thomas comes out with his hands up. Right. And every night it's met with applause. But he's at 100. percent You know. It's and it's what it's actually kind of funny because when I play him, I don't ask for applause. I demand it. So it's just it's fun and also being able to play both of those roles is just next level. Yeah. Because because you you do think about little things like that. I'm not sure if they stick with you. Like I said, I just heard that when you were saying that. Yeah. Or I just thought that when you were saying that. But in the moment, as time is passing, you kind of go, ah, right. You know, and then you keep it moving. Your brain goes, ah, yes, right. And you keep going. Anyway. When we were on stage after, Javon was like, I'm your ham next week. Like, like, what are we going to do? And Mm -hmm. you guys were doing this, you know, adorable, like, like, I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. And that's the best part about being friends with your castmates. Right. Because all you want to do is destroy <laughs> them on stage you know what i mean like you want if you if you have the opportunity to see 
you know, any combination of myself with Javon or James or any combination. If it's me, if I'm playing Hamilton and James is playing Lafayette Jefferson, I mean, then that cabinet battle turns into if you are a wrestling fan, it this is this is for you. Yeah. Because one night he did, John Cena has a thing where he does this thing where he goes like, you can't see me. He waves his hand in front of his face. And so James would do that before his, his cabinet battle. And me as Hamilton would respond with the Roman Reigns, like, you know, right before he does his finisher, where he like, you know, checks his arm and does, you know, and then goes off and destroys him. You know, it's just like little things like that, that, you know, we obviously we won't get in trouble for because it's in the realm of the show and right moment, and it's just you know? little winks and little connections sure. that you have with your yeah friends on stage i'll never forget we saw james and i saw a guy in the front row who was wearing a shirt uh, a wrestling t-shirt and is one of our favorite wrestlers but james and i spent the entire show trying to figure out how we could get him to realize that <laughs> he was also our favorite wrestler <laughs> And like so the show was for this the sh- guy. The in show the front row. <laughs> in this day felt like I mean you know it, things were still of course we're still like you know acting and all that great stuff but at some point during the <laughs> cabinet battle we were literally trying to top each other in showing this guy in the front row who was the bigger fan the bigger fan of, you were trying to like out of the wrestler whose shirt he was wearing yes and I won't forget it because the audience erupted it was like. Be- and you know i'm not i'm sure 99 percent of the audience had no idea what we were really you know doing right. they're just seeing two guys going at it fighting fighting Responding fighting to the, to the death, energy of it you know and and here we are you know full sweating and like you know <laughs> teeth gritting and like just trying to like ooze out and and you know then of course at the end of the show we looked at this guy and this guy's having the best time of, of his life So I want to read you something that my friend wrote me. My friend Kelly, you guys know, listeners of the show, Kelly, episode 25. After she saw Hamilton, months after that episode, she sent me a very long email, which I love. Kelly, if you're listening, I love and appreciate you. But she was like, no one else will give a shit. (laughs) Um, So she went like point by point and she had a lot of things to say about you. Two things that stuck out to me in particular, she says, both during Yorktown. One, that you delivered the take the bullets out your gun as if the idea, all in caps, just came to him. (laughs) In scenes and songs, we're always taught that if you say something more than once, you better have a reason and they better be different. He has the idea on the first take the bullets out your gun and then he gets excited by it and relays that plan to everyone else in the second one. I thought it was a fucking genius choice. That's awesome. At the end of Yorktown, as the Sons of Liberty all get up on their boxes, you looked at the box just before you get on it with such reverence and you stand up on it slowly as if ascending to a throne. It's like watching King Arthur pull out the sword of the... It's like watching King Arthur pull the sword out of the stone. This is the moment where everything changes for him. Such a small thing, but I was like, this dude is a fucking actor. He just made getting up on a goddamn box so much more about getting up on that goddamn box. <laughs> Kelly. So that is what Kelly Warren has to say wow. about you. And I am I am here for all of it, and I agree. Kelly, wow. Well, thank you. Um, when I remember seeing the show, I saw it at the public, and 
of course I saw the original public cast and mm-hmm. then I, I had a chance to see it again once it was on Broadway and I just always remembered watching and always being in awe of this show being more than just amazing music, amazing choreography, amazing lighting, amazing sets, amazing, you know, design. I just, I remembered always like being like, oh, this is storytelling. Like people are acting up here. Like it is not like there was never really a time when I felt like outside of the story or outside of the time period, um, even though it's in rap, even though like, you know, these amazing moves are like reminding me of hip hop and like, you know, whatever, like, or different styles of dance. I just always remembered like kind of being taken aback by like the simplicity of people just being people. And I remember like watching that and being like, man, oh, I'd love to be in this. I remember watching Leslie, who I'm a really, we've been friends forever. You know what I mean? Leslie, time out. Go ahead, hit that rewind. All right, so Leslie came to my college when I I was a senior at USC in Southern California. Yeah. And he came to my college because we had a class that was just focused on our um our showcase. At the time we were, you know, only showcasing in Los Angeles. So and the showcase for those who are listening and wondering what is that? It it's just, you know, when your college class does like a bunch of scenes for agents and managers and casting directors in the city to kind of show like, oh hey, we're about to graduate. We're ready to work. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Leslie came because his manager at the time was uh, teaching our class. So he came to the class and I remember it was him and two others. But I remember looking at him and being like, man, this guy looks like me, you know. And he was he just sat there and like, you know, he was like, yeah, uh, this is finally I'm finally working on things that I want to work on. And I remember hearing that and being like, okay, cool. Like, this is a young guy. Like, What year was this? This was 2004 is when I graduated college. So 2004. And he and he was wow. like, yeah, I'm finally working on things that I, I want to work on. And I was looking at him. I was like, <laughs> I mean, but you probably like graduated last year. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Leslie. Like, yeah, yeah. Leslie still looks like he could be Ageless. 22, 21. But anyway, the point is Leslie came and talked to us in our class and I'll never forget him being like I'm finally working on the things that I want to and I have been trying I've been hitting it hard and I remember being like yeah but we're about to graduate like we're gonna get an agent we're gonna get a manager a casting director and then what it's gonna be cool about? then we're gonna be in movies like yeah. we just you- did a whole program what- I'm about to move to New York and gonna be on Broadway like what it's about to happen bro and he was just so like I'll never forget like the calm assurance that he spoke with and this is a guy who at that time he was just another guy still auditioning like in fact i saw him at an audition like a couple months later we were auditioning for the same thing like a couple months later i just remember being like wow this guy is so sure that his life is that that all of our lives are meant to do exactly what they're supposed to do 
And I remember that. And I just remember like wanting to be like Leslie Odom Jr. Like I didn't know, you know, I, and so I got that before everybody else did, before the world got it. And so anyway, he became really close with one of my best friends uh, since high school. Her name was, um, we call her Nikki, but her her name is Nicolette. They became really good friends, so so close oh. that they became married. Mm-hmm. And parents. <laughs> and parents. <laughs> uh, and gave birth to my niece. But anyway, uh, so then I got to know Leslie and get to know him even more. Uh, because he was, you know, at the time dating my best friend, one of my best friends, Nicolette and blah, blah, blah. They did Once on this Island together. So when I saw Once on this Island, that was my first time seeing Leslie perform. And he played Agwe, the god of water. This was the smoothest Agwe you've ever heard. Ever, the entire, Leslie has this amazing ability to, to, like a lot of people when they're performing, it makes you like lean back in your seat, like, whoa, what is that? Leslie makes you lean forward mm. and it makes you go, whoa, what is that? You know, it's like a, it's a different thing that he's working on. It's a different plane that he's working on. Yeah. Um, and all of the Agways that I had seen were always amazing and like full and like, you know, I'm the God of Agway kind of thing. Right. They'd sing their song rain and it would just like be loud and it would blow the audience apart. And I remember watching Leslie do it and it was like, the softest smoothest like you have to you're gonna listen to me because i'm the god of agua i'm the god of water you know and i i can make it i can make this smooth and like he would like do this thing like it was it was almost like he had watched a wave and then like you know when the wave comes in and the winds get bigger and then like the wave still dies down at the end and then it's just left with you know there was this quiet over the audience and you just were like this moment you ever have those moments in the theater when you're like the director has designed this so that we don't clap right here we should just all be sitting here in silence uh-huh. but it's so daggone good <laughs> i was <Yeah>. that guy <laughs> did you clap or did are you, you kidding just- me i clapped <laughs> i wooed you stood up yes i did i clapped and wooed so hard um and each time I saw it, I clapped and wooed so hard. And but you know, I was young; I didn't understand the importance of that moment. Sure. But anyway, the point but is, you know what you did in a in a yeah I did. in a different way. I it was, sure it did. It was super important to you that you felt that you were like, I'm going to stand and scream yes. and clap, and that yes. is <laughs> equally as important. Absolutely. So anyway, okay. So that so so Leslie and I go way back, way back. Yeah. And you know, of course, we would then hang out and all that great stuff. And then I taught theater. I taught at my high school where mm-hmm. I went to um, high school for a year and then after that i taught at an all-girls catholic high school for two more years my vice principal when i was uh, in high school this is why you guys got to be good while you're in high school be good students oh i was not and if you're not good students just be good people Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i was the best student in high school i was just so interested in other things other than high school i had a learning disability that was diagnosed after high school yeah so i was a good person in high school but i just i could talk to you about my test yeah. and tell you about like what answers I should have said but when I had to write them down and, and deal with it like that's why I was getting bad grades I'm so intrigued by that it's ADHD um, well I'm you, no I'm still intrigued by it yeah so because. I didn't know I wasn't told that I had ADHD until my freshman year of college and I was 18 so usually kids are diagnosed way early on yeah so there was all this like well she's on drugs or she's doing this and I'm like I'm really not I'm just right. I'm nice and I'm chatty and like, I can't really focus a lot, but if you talk to me about something that I'm interested in, yeah, 
then you I can got say me. it all back. And then if I need to study something, like it was one of those things where I was like reading and reading and reading a page and I'm like, I'm just reading the same thing and not retaining it. Mm-hmm. I need help. And no one and everyone just assume the worst. Well, that's so, uh, that's so when I that's the biggest thing I learned when I was teaching. Right. I was like there. So my teacher taught me to teach. Yeah. He was like, there's three types of students. There's the oral learner, who, mm-hmm. those who can hear something and learn it just based on hearing it. Mm-hmm. There's the visual, someone who has to see it, and that's how they can learn it. And, okay, and then there's the experimental learner, experiential learner, who is someone who has to, They. it's not that they don't understand it when they hear it or don't understand it when they see it. It's that they have to do it in order to learn it. I've learned that I'm that. I have yeah. to do it. And if, if I can do it, if and it's as simple as like writing something on the chalkboard or on a notepad uh-huh. or getting up and, and literally like, if a director says to me, all right, so I want you to move stage left. I like to move stage left. Mm-hmm. I had to literally do it in order to remember it. Yeah. Okay. So same. Yeah. Okay. So, but then of course, like with anything, you, you have a lot of practice with it and enough practice with it. It makes it easier. Right. So sometimes you can like nowadays, if someone tells me to do something, a director, for example, he's like, Oh, I need you to go stage left. I'll remember that because I've, I've done a bunch of shows to where like, okay, there's something in my brain now where it's like, Oh, I, I remember this stuff now. Mm -hmm. But the point is like, that's after I'm not even kidding you thousands of scenes and thousands of you know shows and yeah you know my that's why my teacher was so great my teacher who taught me how to teach mm-hmm. um because he already knew that he knew that there were these three types of learners as far as he was concerned and i was always in his class i was always in drama and I, i'd always done the plays and the musicals so you know our rehearsals we'd have four hour rehearsals and these four hour rehearsals, if we're doing a play, we do three pages or four pages. And the reason is because there were 15 students and all 15 of us had three different ways that we decided we needed to learn it for our brains. And, you know, so he wouldn't make himself crazy and then try and teach us all one way and then come back the next day and we forgot it all. He would just instead like, great. So this is what I'm saying to you. Okay. This is how I explain this to you. This is how I explain this He's to you. He's a hero. Yes, he is. Truly. Say his name again. Douglas Griffin amazing um raising so, all the glasses to him that the glass. is incredible um that was a whole day when he came to see me play hamilton that was you know come that was, on yeah I, yeah that was how did he how did he get there how i mean um i mean he knew you know of course i he's still my him? mentor so i you know i talked to him often really oh yeah as soon as they were free to come from la to get to new york he was oh gonna be on the God. first flight so he came and my aunt came and you know, they came and saw, they saw one of my earlier shows and I, I can't wait for them to come back and see another one now that I've reached 88. 88 today, yesterday. T- okay, so today is March 5th. Yeah. So in all my Instagram posts and all that stuff, I was like, you know, it's a, a year ago was my first show. It was actually March 5th, but it was a year, a year ago Sunday. So in other words, yesterday was Sunday. Right. And yesterday was the, the yeah. year. But the actual date is March 5th, which is today. First time on is Hamilton. Glass. Raise a glass. As uh, you may or may not know, I have a bunch of hashtags. Well, we know web.ham. We know web.ham. Mm-hmm. What else is there? Oh, I have Weberson. Uh, I haven't figured out one for John Lawrence or Philip. Philip. Yeah, that's Philip a- Hamilton. Phil- Web.child. <laughs> Web. <laughs> Web. P. Hamill Weber. I don't know. Anyway, we, yeah. if you guys are, are listening and you really feel encouraged to to help out with well, that. Well, now that we're talking about all of these things, we now have to, I guess, like maybe make an, a little bit of an announcement. Do you no? think so? Because a couple hours ago, 
before you showed up here, you Instagram something. You know, it's funny because if if you are following Hamilton and you're following Hamilton on Broadway in particular, mm-hmm. the new cast, if you will, um, you're fo- mo- more than like more likely than not, you're following us. So it's it's as soon as you post something. It is either blasted out to everyone or liked by everyone or it's going to show up on your feed at some point, your timeline. And so I always think of like posting on Instagram or Twitter, any of that stuff. I'm always like, all right, here's the here's the official press release. And um, I feel so like what did you that's what happened two hours you ago. Did, you tell the people what you what you post. So I posted a picture of a of a guy, a nondescript male who is holding <laughs> a piece of white uh, a, a piece of white bread. He's in the midst of spreading this peanut butter, gracefully, beautifully spreading this <laughs> peanut butter onto this uh, piece of sliced bread. If you know this, if you know where this is from, then you know what's happening here. I, I also uh, commented, I said, new hashtag coming, dot, 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 double I emoji. And that was the Vienna Wood Dance in D, one of my all-time favorites. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Aaron Wood. Excuse me? Aaron Wood. I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. Got milk. I think they should wait for it. It's not like we're running out of time, you know. Look, look, look. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's yes, I do. Weeks after oh, I know, I know. And everybody's like, oh, we know. Why is it taking so long? <laughs> They're screaming like when people have oh, been screaming also, the TV. There's also Webb Reynolds. We can't forget Webb Reynolds. That's the original. That's the that's where I started. That's my first hashtag. And I was really proud of it. And I didn't realize Web how Reynolds? bad it was. Yeah, it was really bad. And you're talking shit about Nick Walker's Well, hashtags? but Nick Walker is, the- no, Nick Walker has had time to rethink that. He has had so much time. Anyway, it's. Tell the people. Weber. Because, so it's W-E-B-B-U-R-R. Mm-hmm. Because. You double your letters. You are now going to go on as Eric Yes. I'm screaming at you. It's so, it's. it's so now you're going to play like everybody's rivals and every, every I mean that, uh, that yes. is insane. I'm excited about it. I just finished, well, just. I've, I've been done with um, the track, the rehearsals for the track. Well, I guess as the time, the time that we're recording this episode. Right. In case people it are is, wondering. It's March 5th. It's March 5th. Right. I literally finished learning Aaron Burr two days ago, March 3rd. So I played Alexander Hamilton in the Saturday matinee Come performance. On. And then Saturday evening, I was out of the show because I was learning no. the end of Aaron Burr. The final uh, act two bit. So how how do you learn? You learn it piece by piece in the show. You learn the show chronologically. Yeah, every track that I've had, with the exception of my very first track, which is Man Five, I've learned in two weeks. And it's just sometimes it was by design. Most of the time it was because of uh, necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, we were losing coverage, or someone was going off into the tour, or mm-hmm. something was happening, or someone may have gotten hurt. 
anyway the point is they those times they needed someone quick to fill in this time they didn't need another burr cover as quick as you know as two weeks but or as quick as the other covers but it just so happened that you know i i know the show because i've now done it for so so many times yeah. for so long and i also know hamilton so when you when you know hamilton and you know jefferson and you know every and all of these tracks that i know right i you know burr you just you know it you have to know it you know really? what he's going to say yes because you know a part of you do it so often and you do it with so many people you just kind of learn it you kind of know that um you know and also it 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 makes it easier that hamilton is always maybe a few steps ahead of everyone you know before you say, before you say something he kind of knows what you're going to say yeah which is fun when you're playing him which means you really do have to know what people are saying have you talked to your friend leslie about it leslie odom junior he has no idea who Leslie he has no Jr.? idea. No, he has no. Do idea. you think maybe he'll hear about it on this podcast? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, I wish. No, I'll probably tell him first. I wish because I there have been people on this show who have been like Greg Trico, Treeks, who's just really just like you and Angel Among Us. Do you guys talk to each other at the meetings, the like <laughs> Angels on Earth meetings? Treeks and I talk that? often. Treeks and I talk often yeah. like i mean like really often like if there's ever something going on in chicago where he is or if something going on here the yeah. first person that i get a call from is gregory trico and vice versa because like you know we, lo- we we love each other yeah and we also like think each other are trash um which oh is <laughs> which which just so everyone knows is a really good thing it's kind of like when michael jackson says you know i'm bad are you obsessed with the weird owl love it the polka polka love i it. mean are you it's kidding great. me how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by Providence and Pulverish and Squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar? A $10 founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder, by being a lot smarter, by being a self-starter. By 14, they placed him in charge of the trading charter. Alexander Hamilton, my name is Alexander Hamilton, and there's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait, just you wait. Look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. He's a genius. He He's really a is. genius. People forget, I've been a fan forever. You pe- do? Yes. People forget that comedy equals genius. You know, like I think about the Oscars, right? There aren't many comedy films that win Best Picture. It's True. normally dramas and even the do- nominations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many comedians who are geniuses who are like, you know, people are just kind of going, oh, but they're the funny people. Right. That's 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 kind of where I live in in Thomas Jefferson. I was just going to say that's kind of where I like to live because like, you know, I don't think when I'm out there doing it as Thomas Jefferson, I'm not sure Thomas Jefferson is thinking to himself, oh, I'm so funny. Uh, These people are, you know, no, he thought he was pretty great. No, he thinks he's great because he knows he's great. But yeah, and he knows he's going to challenge you and because he believes what he's saying is true. At the end of the day, he believes what he's saying is true. But like, I look at comedians and I think of like all these guys who are like, and, and, and women who are like so funny. And like, that is so hard to do. It's hard to make someone laugh. It's hard to make someone, you know, 
it's just it's it's difficult anyway i forget why we were even talking about that because because we were talking about how amazing greg trico is <laughs> trico okay so trico um okay oh and then we were talking about the polka and how yeah. good it is and will weird al but i really genius. just want weird al come on anytime please it would it would be the most amazing thing ever if you did but yeah. greg trico is just a nightmare no he's amazing he's a <laughs> he's a lovely lovely human um but he was also say he's just one of the people who have been on the podcast who has reached out to leslie odom jr and, yeah. and just talked about being burr leslie and i go back before hamilton and i know greg and and leslie go back before Hamilton oh, yeah. too but you know it's hamilton is such an amazing gift and it has it has truly changed my life i know and it, i mean it's an understatement to say it's changed Leslie's life. But, you know, I'm at this stage of the game at, 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 you know, where we are in our lives. Like when we are on the phone, it's, it's really, it's rare that we talk about Hamilton sure. because, you know, my niece is in the background, like, you know on. what I mean? And, and yeah. like my wife and I just bought a house and like, we're, we're trying to catch well, up on the, that's thank a you. gigantic deal. Thank you. Yes. Well, the, but that's what I mean. Like we're trying to catch up on those things, right? These huge milestones. Um, and, and not to say Hamilton's not important or Hamilton's not as important as, you know, I mean, in some cases it's, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a job and it's also a play, but we know Hamilton's going to be there. Hamilton is like that cornerstone where if, if for whatever reason we have found ourselves like on two sides of the globe and we haven't talked in eight months, we can like always check in and say, Hey, yo, how's the show going? Right. That's always there. But like, really, I, I mean, I, when I saw Leslie do Burr, I immediately was like, Oh, I, that's, that's the role I want to play. I was shocked when I was hired to, you know, cover Hamilton. I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that, you know, because I was so used to seeing it a certain way, um, which is also interesting when audiences come and see the show and they are used to seeing. It's so funny. Uh, there, was a, there was a lady who came after the show uh, and she this is one of my earlier shows. And um, she stayed after, you know, there's always a whole long line Stay at the stage sure. door. And she stayed and she told me, she said, I, I only stayed because um, I it I have to be completely honest with you. She's in full tears at this moment, right? And um, she goes, I have to be completely honest with you. <sighs> when the show started, it was really hard for me to get on board because, because I'm so used to seeing Alexander Hamilton as a Latino. <laughs> which made me laugh because you know she goes and she goes and you know you have an afro and like i just didn't expect it and now i understand where she's coming from right i can understand that because like i said i didn't even expect it when they said oh we want you to play alexander hamilton mm -hmm. but you know it's so funny because at that time it was 2017 in the back of my mind i was like wow it's 2017 and she sees Alexander Hamilton as a Latino. And I was like, we gotcha. No, yeah, like, but, yes. then, but, but it was just, it was just also like so interesting because 
a lot of people are like that. A lot of people are, they want to come in and see Lynn and Leslie and Renee and shoot, so do I. And what they want is to hear it. They want to hear it. Because it's in their headphones, in their car. It's just what they... Sure, oh yeah. This is the thing that they can take home. They can listen to it on the way home, on the way to work. They can listen to it on the plane if it takes them to sleep. I I get that because that was me before I joined the show. Yeah. I know, I I could tell you every single thing Every single nuance that Leslie did on that mm-hmm. album, every single nuance that David did, every single nuance that Lynn did, and so on, right? Yeah. The funny thing is, live, they didn't always do those. Totally. Which is also so funny to me because people expect, you know, the album <laughs> yeah. to be what they see on the stage. Right. But our director, Tommy, this was this is a recent thing that he, he did. He came in and he was like, you know, it's funny. People, a lot of people now know the show. And... I've realized in watching the show, myself as the director of this show, a lot of people know the plot. They know that Alexander Hamilton is going to walk into this bar. He's going to join with friends and they're going to start this revolution. He's going to fall in love. He's going to mess it up (laughs) and so on and so forth. And there's going to be this king that comes out and does this bid. And he, he was like, so they know the plot. What they don't know when they come in and they see you guys on there on the stage, they don't know the story. They don't know that you guys are actually, they don't know that this person is affected by the way that this person said this Mm -hmm. or this person. And he goes, and that's what our show does, right? It's like, sure, you can listen to it a million times in your car. And that's, that's, that's the telling of the story. And that's essentially what she was saying, right? She was saying, I only imagined it this way because Mm -hmm. I'd seen pictures online. I had imagined what this voice would sound like. I had, you know, and then when I saw you and this is her in full tears, right? She goes. And so then by the end of the show, she said, first of all, she was like, it didn't, it didn't take me that long. It was the first, when I first saw you, I thought, Oh, okay. I don't know. And it took me a a second to get on board. But right after my shot, it, she was like throughout my shot at the end of my shot, I was like completely sold. And I thought you were him. And it changed my entire, life she's like i i realize i've been thinking about you know things like this for my whole life and this is changing the way i'm looking at things now and but that's the that's oh hamilton God, right that's amazing and but more than hamilton that's art that's what we do totally i mean i have received emails from people how do i handle i have this thing in my ear right and i know i'm not going to see these people because i bought these tickets four years ago or whatever right i'm not going to see that i know that what do I do? And I'm like, you go in and you enjoy every moment. You literally do not throw away your shot. You enjoy it. You feel it. And it's going to be great. The thing about, and that's what's so interesting to me, right? It's, I'm really good friends with Sherry Renee Scott. <gasps> Shout out, Sherry. I am obsessed with her. You know, what's funny. I, when I was younger, I, I had this uh, VHS for the Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles did a concert called "Coming Out of Their Sh- Coming Out of Our Shells." <laughs> if you haven't seen this, Subtle. look it up, people. Subtle. It's excellent. We're coming out of our shells, and April, who we know as like she wears like the she's the reporter. Oh yeah, April O'Neil. Come April on. O'Neil. Guess who played April O'Neil in the oh, musical version? Sherry Renee Scott. Sherry Renee Scott in all of her glory, and of course, I did not realize that. The person who would become my friend was Sherry Renee Scott. So I'll keep waiting, believing that my friends will soon be here. And just believing takes away my fear. 
Sherry um, and I were having a uh, discussion after one of our shows, um, which she wrote and, and I'm in and she's in as well. It's called um, World Inside a Loop. And it also stars uh, two Hamilton, two other Hamilton um, alumni, Daniel Watts and Nick Chris. Two hacks. Two hacks. Um, I, you know, I really, I wish them the best. I hope they. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll do something in their <laughs> career. Maybe they'll make something of themselves <laughs> one day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Sherry and I were talking and she was talking about the effect of joining Rent. She was the first replacement in Rent. She replaced Adina Menzel, Maureen. And her experience, the way that some people treated her was unbelievable to hear about, right? And this is a person who is just coming in, who wants to be good, who wants you to feel the who same way. Blow the roof off and, th- and on top of it, on top yeah. of wanting you to feel, you know, happy with, you know, seeing the show and blah, blah, blah. And like, who is actually going to maybe let your head explode yeah. during the show because she's that good. Give me names of people good. who are amused to show when I You know what I mean? I right. will handle it. Are well, you kidding me? But that's, and you they know. They should and, be so lucky. And that was before Twitter and before oh, Instagram, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't before message boards. Here's I the thing. I not accept this. Here we go again. When, when, the guy, when the original cast started to leave, Right. And continue to leave and go on. From Brent, you're saying, or Hamilton? From Hamilton. Okay. You know, this this sort of same thing started to Mm kind of happen, right? And you're starting to think, well, now, wait a minute. And, you know, and these are people who, and I didn't didn't necessarily experience much of any of this, um, to be completely honest, until I started playing Hamilton. And then it was like, ah, but he's supposed to be, he's supposed to have a ponytail. He's supposed to be Hispanic, which is hilarious. Well, it's, but again, I can understand it because, you know, I understand someone wanting to see something a certain way. I can understand someone um, only experiencing something a certain way and expecting it to always be like that. Um, The most amazing thing, though, is the gift that comes with seeing this show. Um, It's the gift of, like, opening your own mind, including the person playing them, (laughs) and accepting this idea that it truly it could have been any one of us someday there will be a woman playing alexander hamilton and someday someone will walk up to her at the stage door and they will say it took me a long time or it took me a second to get used to it because i'm used to seeing this role or alexander hamilton play it as a man but and that butt is going to be a big butt and it's going to be a dot, dot, dot. And that person will probably be crying and that person will probably have to like really dig deep into themselves and realize why it is they felt that way. Um, you know, and I think Hamilton does that. I think that people are, you know, you can still, you can love both. The world is wide enough. You can love the original cast and love all of the productions that are coming across this world that are allowing people to see this show who aren't able to get to New York or who aren't able to afford both the ticket and the, you know, way to get here or just the ticket, right? You know, when they started um, Ham for Ham, right? $10 for the performance of Hamilton, you know, the lottery seats. It, that was a big deal. Of course it would be because finally, like these tickets are being taken by people who are able to spend $900 to go and see the show. And you know what? Good. If you were able to do it, you saw an amazing show. Mm-hmm. 
And if you were able to wait for it and you came in and you were like Kelly and you happen to see a performance that someone else had a chance to play Hamilton or Burr or any of any of these amazing characters, mm-hmm. you were lucky too. Because you you actually might have gotten just a little more just because, you know, it took you outside of what you expected, mm-hmm. you know. And so while while I am saying that I do get these emails of like, how am I going to deal with it if it's not what I hear? I get a hundred times, like a hundred to one. I get the emails of like, look at my insert. Oh my God, can you believe that like, I love it. you know, Jenny Harney is playing oh, this or, yes. you know, like now, thankfully, it's just amazing that these people are saying, oh, I got to see this person mm-hmm. as yeah. this person. Yeah. And like, it's amazing that the show is, again, an onion and it's so good and the show is the show is the show, mm-hmm. but that listeners of my podcast and also just like fans of Hamilton are just so excited. Yeah. It's see. almost like a collectible. Like you can collect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw all the Hamiltons. Oh, I right. saw all the Jeffersons. Or oh whatever. my god! And it's an, it's never going to be possible. That's what I want. I, I want know, this right? like crazy like alternate universe road trip where right. I could just go and like time will stop sure. and I could see everyone playing every role. Mm-hmm. So I could see at least five shows with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you're playing everything, mm-hmm. and then everyone. I mean, it would be what like thirty shows per You'd have per to, company at least. Yeah, at least, at least. I mean, I think that's actually being generous. Right? right like uh, in the hundred ish to see everybody everyone play, play every, every role, role? Mm, you'd have to really mark out some time right <laughs> I, I mean i'm here for that time sure. i mean i'm here i'm here for this alternate universe where i could just like it. you know it's so funny because everyone brings their own thing to the show and hamilton is hamilton is hamilton, hamilton, mm-hmm. hamilton but everyone brings their own thing to the show that only they can bring Donald Weber. Oh man, so you guys, this really this episode really was like about a year in the making, I want to say. And it was totally worth it. And there's a whole other hour. It was the best. Next week is crazy. Donald and I, but mostly Donald, wraps the Guns and Ships rap, Washington on your side, goes in on how in Hamilton the musical, Angelica and Hamilton are totally in love with each other and what that means. He talks about seeing Hamilton for the first time, like more Nick Walker talk, knowing Andrew Chappelle since high school. There's so much. So stay tuned for next week. You're going to love it. I promise. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you so soon. I love you guys. I'm G.Penn. support the podcast go to patreon.com slash the hamilcast you can get access to the closed facebook group where you can submit questions for upcoming guests get behind the scenes access live ama videos and other cool rewards my gratitude for the patreon peeps is through the roof and always will be 
TheHamilcast.com is the home of all your podcast needs, including episodes, guest bios, and my Hamil reference-heavy and extensive notes on the Chernow chapters that I insist on calling chirpters. Sorry about that. You can listen to episodes anywhere you get your podcasts, but I'm just saying if you really loved it, you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, it couldn't be easier. At the Hamilcast on all the things. I'm at Jillian with a G on all social media, and you can check out The Residuals, my web series with Mike, you know Mike, at theresiduals.tv, and my true crime podcast with Patrick Hines of Theater People at truecrimeobsessed.com. Thank you again for listening to The Hamilcast. I'll talk to you in five seconds on Twitter. Twitter.